welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast, where this year we are sharing 52 financial tips to transform your finances. So if you want to be better at managing your money, you want to pay off debt, you want to buy your first home, or you want to learn about investing and where to invest, how to begin, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and I'm so thrilled to have you here. So without further delay, let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome to this week's tip. It is Pete. There are times that we're going to face that will mean that something happens that we didn't quite expect. It comes out of left field and not only are we left with a bag of hot mess, but oftentimes we're left with a bill that we're looking at thinking, I wish I had some money. So this week, I want to address and talk about that scenario specifically. I've been through it a number of times. I'm sure you have too. It's all about preparing for unforeseen expenses financially. So essentially, what we're talking about here, guys, is building an emergency or a sinking fund. And in this week's episode, I'm going to talk you through the following points. I'm going to talk you through what emergency fund is. I'm going to be talking you through what is and is not an emergency. I'm going to be talking you through how much you need. What are the benchmarks? I'm going to be talking you through steps that you can take, structure steps that you can take to get there. I'm going to be talking you through things that you can put in place to make this process a little bit easier. I'm going to be talking you through where to put the money. And I'm also going to be giving you some best practice for you to consider from my own personal experience that have worked for me that is very, very, very much worthwhile you considering. Now, if you are watching this in the community, there will be a link below to a guide that you can print off. Now, one of the big things that I know will be running through most people's mind is, well, Pete, we just talked about dealing with debt. Now you're talking about building an emergency fund. The guide is gonna talk you through how you build an emergency fund whilst also paying off debt. And it's going to give you four approaches alongside the pros and cons. If you are watching this on YouTube, I strongly encourage you to join the community. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything apart from your time, your attention, and your participation. If you're listening to this on the podcast, then please do find me on Instagram at Conversation of Money, or you can head over to the website at conversationofmoney.com. Without further ado, let's go. So what is an emergency fund? Guys, there is not a big technical definition for this. There isn't something out of like the Oxford Dictionary that I'm going to recite to you to define what an emergency fund is. It's very, very simple. It's exactly what it says in the title. It is a fund for you to fall back on in case of an emergency. Very, very simple. What is classed as an emergency. Now, an emergency is anything unforeseen that you didn't quite expect. It could be your car breaking down, your boiler breaking down, God forbid the funeral of a loved one. An emergency will be the fact that you need to smash the like button, subscribe to this channel because these tips come out on a weekly basis and will add so much value to your financial life. And it could also be the fact that if you're listening to this on the podcast, you need to follow to make sure you don't miss out. Those are all emergencies. So what is not an emergency or a non-emergency? A non-emergency will be things like going on a shopping spree, going out clubbing, going out for dinner, booking yourself a holiday, weddings, anniversaries, birthdays. These should be things that you've accounted for in week three when we talked about creating a spending plan. They all form part of your non-discretionary spending. So they should all be accounted for. They are not 
emergencies. Let's get that absolutely clear. And please don't fool yourself into thinking or trying to persuade yourself that it is an emergency because it's only going to be counterproductive in the long run. So how much do you need in an emergency fund for you to be in good shape? Now, unfortunately, there is not a scientific straight answer to this. However, when I was advising clients as a financial advisor, we always used to aim for at least six months of your expenses to have in an emergency fund. Let me elaborate and explain this. So what are classes your expenses? Now, back in week three, when we talked about creating a spending plan, we talked about your non-discretionary spend. Everything in your non-discretionary spend is what will go into this classification of your expenses. So the things that you have to pay for, your gas, your electric, your mortgage or your rent, your car finance, your personal loan, the things that are committed expenditure. You have to pay for them. Those will be things that we class as expenses. So in this equation, when we talk about at least six months, you take whatever that number is in your non-discretionary pot and you times that by six. That final figure is your number to, to work towards. That is your emergency fund number as a minimum. Now, we live in the real world and I completely understand that six months worth of expenses for a lot of people is a lot of money. And therefore it becomes unattainable at this stage to think about having that kind of money built up in an account. So this leads on to the natural question of how do you get to the position where you're gonna have six months worth of emergency fund in an account? And I've got a few things that I wanna share with you which I think are really gonna add value and are really, really important to you on this journey. First and foremost, you hear me speak about this all the time because it is my mantra, it is my deep, deep-rooted belief that mentality matters. When you look at this, you have to go into it with a can-do attitude that this is something that you can achieve no matter how challenging it might be. So, if it, for example, if your monthly figure is £2,000 and you've just come to the realisation that you need £12,000 in the emergency pot, you need to think, right, that is something that I can achieve. It's going to take me a period of time to do it, but I am going to do it. That is step number one. If you don't have that, you're not going to get started. Number two, it's really important to break any goal down into bite-sized chunks. I call this road mapping. So what is your road map to this big goal? If you're going from here uh, in Birmingham to, I don't know, somewhere in Dover, you will have a sat-nav on how to get there. So what is your roadmap? And on your roadmap, you may decide, well, six months is a big number, but what I can do is in the next two or three months, I can build to a 2,000 pound pot, which will be one month's worth of an emergency fund. You break this down into smaller chunks. And what you'll find is by attacking smaller targets, you're effectively making progress to the big target. So that's tip number two, which is really, really, really crucial. And it's important that you map this in your mind and you have this written down. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to be easy, but it really does kind of beg the next obvious question of where is this money going to come from? Now, we've covered a lot of ground in this program so far, and I'm gonna refer back to week three where we talked about creating a spending plan. Now, if you carried out that exercise, you should have your, your spending plan ready with you. You'd be able to reference back to it with the, you know, the download that I gave you guys to use. 
And now you know exactly what's in your discretionary pot, what's in your non-discretionary pot, and you know what's in your disposable income pot. Now, naturally, to build an emergency fund, your money or the money for this should come from your disposable pot. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but guys, this is just the reality. And if you're serious about addressing this, then you have to make sacrifices. So it might mean that you need to get rid of your Netflix. It might mean you need to get rid of your Spotify, your Amazon, or your magazine or TV subscriptions if you have them. But you have to make a sacrifice if this is something that you know you need to address. Because let's face it, it's not a question of if this is going to happen, it's going to be a question of when. And if you're trying to battle out of the circle of being in debt, using your overdrafts, using credit cards consistently, you have to put this in place. So you really need to sit down with every all the pieces of work that you did back in week two and week three and go back over this and map out where you source this money from. Now, I know recently we, sp we spoke about debt. You may be in a position where you have debt and you want to do this at the same time. Like I mentioned before, the link to the guide below will help you walk through four approaches that you can take and give you the pros and the cons. Now you've decided on what your roadmap to your six month emergency fund is going to be. You've decided perhaps that you're going to work towards month one first, leading up over a period of time to month six. And by the way, guys, just another thing before I come on to this next point is if you have roadmapped it, give yourself a time frame. A goal without a time frame is not a goal. Remember, in week one, we talked about the fact that it needs to be timely, right? We need to be bound by a time restraint to this. If your roadmap is, I'm going to build up to £2,000 or one month's worth of, of, of an emergency fund, then you need to do that within an identified period of time. For, you. for some people, it might be three months. For some people, it might be four months. But make that a commitment in terms of time. So once you've decided on that roadmap, that that's the approach that you're going to take, the next question is, well, how, what processes, what kind of things can I put in place to make this a lot easier? I have one big tip for you, automate. Automating something means that you don't necessarily have to see it going out of your account. Therefore, you don't think about it. Therefore, you don't sit there and think, well, mm, that, that £100, I could do something with this month. It means that on your payday, it goes to a different account and you physically do not see it. Out of sight, out of mind is how I like to call this. And it has worked for me personally. So now I'm going to share with you my own personal experience of this. Now, probably about, I would say, 18 months, maybe two years ago, I would spend every single penny that I earn on a monthly basis. And if you follow me on Instagram, um, you will know that I pay myself every single month. And this is really what an emergency fund really is, the psychology around it, it's about paying yourself. Think of it in that way. I pay myself about 36% of my monthly wages every single month. And until I started automating that process, I wouldn't, I literally wouldn't save anything at all. I would not have money going from my current account the day that I get paid into a separate account. Because I sit there, I think about it and think, nah, something might come up, I might need the money. Lo and behold, nothing comes up and I simply spend it. And I promise you right now, 
and I know I'm talking about my own personal finances here, but I think it's important to share my own experiences as I share my knowledge in the fact that before I started automating this pot of money into a separate account, which I don't touch, by the way, I look at it once in a while, until I started to do that, I would spend every single penny I earned every single month. And I tell you what right now, I could not tell you what I spent this money on. So automation is a gift from God. Like, it makes it so much easier. Yes, you've got to be disciplined. Yes, you've got to get your head around the fact that you're going to transfer money into an account every single month. But by the time you've done it the first, second, third month, it will be like clockwork. You won't realize that the money's gone. You won't particularly care. And you'll have that peace of mind in knowing that you've got some money in account that you can call upon should you ever need it. The next thing you need to put in place really is to make sure that whatever account you transfer this money into, that it is an account that is not easily access accessible to you. What I mean by that is if you bank with Stalin, open another account with, I don't know, say Monzo, for example, and transfer it to that bank. And another tip is make sure that you don't have an access card to it. If you have an ATM card that you're carrying around in your wallet on a monthly basis, and you feel like, well, I need a little bit of extra cash because I want to go clubbing with my mate, which is not an emergency, by the way. An emergency would be you smashing the like button, subscribing because this stuff is so valuable and you're enjoying what you're hearing right now, or following the podcast because you don't want to miss out on this kind of stuff. That's an emergency. Going and having dinner with your mate is not. By you having an ATM at your disposal means that you're basically giving you an opportunity for yourself to trip up. So, Make sure that you get yourself an account that doesn't necessarily have an ATM or a card facility. If it does, you want to make sure that you leave that card at home on a consistent basis. Don't carry it around with you in a wallet. But it's really, really important that you put it into an account that is separate to your main account that is harder for you to get to. Now, where should you put this money in terms of the type of account? Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you will know that I always speak about the fact that tax efficiency is king. You need to think tax efficiency first and foremost. So here in the UK, we're about to come up to April. Every single tax year, April 6th to April 5th, you have a tax-free allowance of £20,000. It means that whenever you put money into this account, it doesn't matter whether you receive 10% interest. I know you're not getting that right now because interest rates are quite low on cash, ISIS, but any interest that you get on there is completely tax-free. So where should you put the money in terms of an account? You should put it into a cash ISA. Please, please, please do not invest your emergency fund. I'm going to say that again just so it's clear. Do not invest your emergency fund. Your emergency fund is there as an emergency facility, not as an investment vehicle. So please do not make that mistake. Another place that you could put this money is you could put this into a notice account. You can get ISAs in the way of a notice account. But what a notice account basically means is that the money goes in and in order for you to have access to it, you have to give 30 days notice, for example, for the money to be released to you. Now, in case of a real emergency, you could, if you needed, access the account, but it means that you'd lose a little bit of interest. Now, interest rates are pretty low at the moment, so it should be pretty insignificant 
in the overall picture. But that is an option for you to put money into. What some people do is when they reach a certain amount, so for example, if you're going for a six-month emergency fund and it's £12,000, they might put £3,000 into notice account and the rest on instant access. Just an idea, just a thought for you to consider. Best practice, things that I think that you need to bear in mind, things that have worked for me. I've already mentioned one of them, certainly automation, setting up a standing order has worked a treat for me and it continues to do so. Um, the next thing, and again, I've already mentioned this is, please do not invest this money. It's not there as an investment thing. Please don't do that. Um, and I guess really mentality is the key that I'm going to drive home here. Yes, it's going to be difficult to start off with, but please do bear in mind, and you'll, you will experience this when you get to this stage, when you start seeing that you've got 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 pounds in an account that you can draw upon, believe me, you get a real sense of peace of mind. So why is any of this important, guys? This isn't just an individual problem. This is a problem for us nationally. A study has recently shown that more than 16 million people have less than £100 in savings. A further 27% have no savings whatsoever. And it really does bring up the question of where do you go when the car breaks down, the boiler breaks down? Where do you turn? And this is where we start looking at utilization of debt, credit cards, overdraft, payday loans, God forbid. And if you're a person that you struggle with financial management, money management, then not only does it cost you more money, but it digs a deeper hole for you. And that's why whenever you hear me speak, the foundation that I always talk about laying is with money management, as boring as it sounds, budgeting, spending plans. This is really important. So I wanted to leave you guys with maybe a couple of thoughts that are at the forefront of my mind, given my personal journey, and things that I hope that you guys take and you implement because had I known this, it would have helped me on my journey. And it's the reason why I do this so that I can kind of share my experience, my knowledge with you guys so that you don't make the same mistakes that I made. So I just want to leave you with these two things. First and foremost, you may be in a position where you've looked at this week's topic and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't have anywhere to pull this money from in order to build myself an emergency fund. You may have zero disposable income. And again, within the tips I talked about the fact that you might have to make sacrifices. Now that can be painful, particularly if you've got family and it might mean that you've got a council sky for kids, right? But you need to understand that it is necessary for you to do. And you also may be in a position where you can't cut any fat. There is no more fat to be cut. And it may just be a case of you having to bite the bullet and really looking at what you're doing now and thinking about how you can earn more money. Because let's face it, if you're on social media these days, there's this whole narrative around the fact that, you know, nine to five and trading time for money and all this kind of stuff. And you should be entrepreneur. You should have a business. And if you follow me for a while, you know what my stance is on that. Not everybody is built to run a business. Not everybody has that entrepreneurial streak. For many people, nine to five is comfortable. It's what they enjoy doing. It's where they want to be. That is where their skill set will thrive, not necessarily building a business. If you are in a nine to five environment though, I would strongly recommend that you have a look at how you progress your career forward so that you can earn more money. And 
you know, this is where you really need to get intentional and where I believe about getting intentional with our life and not just our finances. If you are in a position where you are going to a nine to five job every single day and you hate it, you're trading that time for money, doing something you don't particularly enjoy, going to a place that you particularly hate or don't particularly enjoy going there, period. You don't particularly enjoy your, you know, the company of your boss or your work colleagues, then you really need to start thinking about why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Now, the answer to that could be very, very simple. You're doing it so that you can live. If that is the case, then you need to be intentional around the money that you earn from this place that you hate going to, from being and socializing and working with the people that you don't like or your boss that you don't like, doing the job that you don't like, and be intentional around how you use that money. And I'm speaking to people who may specifically be going to a nine to five job that they don't like, but they do have money to save and they just don't. Besides breaking the habit, you have to be intentional. If that is what you hate doing, you don't enjoy doing it, then I have to ask you, why would you simply just go and spend all that money on a monthly basis and have nothing to show for it? have to get intentional guys. If you're in a position where you have no fat and you want to talk about expanding your career, how can you earn more money? Because that might be the next thing. You might have to simply earn more money. And if it's not a case of you can simply just switch jobs and change jobs very, very quickly, then perhaps have a look at whatever skill sets that you have that you could use as a side hustle that could then eventually turn into a fully fledged business. I'll give you an example. I have a friend of mine who runs a web developing firm down in Tunbridge Wells. His brother does video and therefore I have hired him to cover me for a couple, well, for half a day. He's going to do behind the scenes um, of my day at a, at a speaking event that I'm speaking at. And that's him using his skill to generate some additional income. So I don't know what it is that you might be good at, what skills that you might have, but consider how you can turn that into a side hustle. Social media is beautiful. We Now we've got these things. I mean, you can list yourself on Fiverr, on per hour per people, or whatever that website is called, I'll link it down below, where you can list your services. You might know how to draw, be you know great at taking pictures, you could list your services and people will hire you. So if you're in a position where you have no cut, no factor cut, or you simply just need to make other avenues of, of, of income, those are a couple of things that you can do there. The second thing that I wanna leave you with is I am consciously aware that people mainly are interested in how you can start investing. I hate to tell you, but this is the foundation that you need to lay in order to get to the place where we move on to investing. And we are going to get to investing in a number of weeks time. That is actually on the schedule and it's not just gonna be two weeks, we're really gonna go into it. But if you do not lay this foundation, you cannot begin investing. If you do not have this, this, this foundation, investing should be the very last thing on your mind. So whilst that is sexy and it's exciting and it's something that is all the rage at the moment on social media with dividend stocks posts and videos and all this crap, it's really important that you lay these foundations first before we get to that. That is the tip for this week. I appreciate your attention on this. 
And again, if you have any questions, you know where I am. Please do feel free to find me in the community. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to smash that like button, hit the notification bell and subscribe. These videos come out every single week. We're only 10 weeks in. We've got 40, 42 more of these tips to come along. If you're watching this on the podcast, thank you so much for joining in and listening on the go. I appreciate you. Don't forget to give me a thumbs up in terms of rating. It would mean the world to me. I will see you next week. Take care. Another great episode down, but our journey together doesn't have to end here. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you're listening on right now. And please don't forget to give us a good rating. That would mean the world to me. If you feel connected to the podcast and you found value in the episode that you've listened to today, join our free community where you will find free resources and more in-depth content on all things finance and money. And you will also find a community where you'll be supported by people who are on a similar journey to you. Links to our free community can be found on our website, conversationofmoney.com or on our Instagram at conversationofmoney. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Again, it means the world to me. I'm your host, Peter. Until next week, take care.